0: heal thyself using a holistic approach with Dr. Eric Madrid.
1: Welcome to today's podcast. This is uh, Dr. Eric Madrid. I'm here with William uh, Guthrie, who is a fourth year medical student at Loma Linda.
0: Hi, it's good to be here.
1: And uh, William has been uh, rotating with me uh, a couple times here this year. Uh, He'll be with us for about a month uh, this time around. And as a third year medical student, he was with our medical group also for about a month. Um, So now again, he's just starting his fourth year. So we're gonna go ahead and just talk to him and uh, he's gonna tell us about his experience so far.
0: Yeah, I just couldn't wait to come back actually, fourth year uh, I had such a good time working with uh, all you here at Rancho Family medical group, and it's just, just great, especially uh, Dr. Madrid. really enjoyed um, his approach to medicine and the uh, uh, holistic um, way that he looks at his patients.
1: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. I think as time goes on, we'll have more and more doctors who are practicing that way. William, tell, uh, tell the listeners why you became interested in medicine.
0: So, the reason I became interested in medicine, well, I guess, medical students could identify with this but I have family that's in medicine so my dad is a physician um, an orthopedist and uh, my older sister she decided to go to medical school but actually for a while in undergraduate um, my undergraduate um, education I wasn't super excited I wasn't fully committed to the idea Um, and I think some of that stemmed from just my kind of indecisiveness in life or whatever like different dreams and aspirations in different directions. You don't want
1: to <laughs> rebel against the, 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 your parents and do something completely opposite? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like many like many, many do. <laughs>
0: um, and so I actually fought it for a little while, but um, I took some time um, in Africa after I graduated and did some volunteer work and had some time to reflect and got my acceptance letter. And then I actually took a year off when I, once I got my acceptance letter and deferred. And it took some time to think about it and... During that year, I had some good mentors and really um, kind of solidified um, my direction in terms of medicine that I really and I saw why I wanted to go into it, too. Um, I I think I got uh, a deeper um, sense of um, what it means to care for people and how much medicine can allow you to do that.
1: So, So it seems to me, too, that, you know, there's various reasons people get into medicine. Uh, I think a lot of people may go into it simply because of the money, and they think, you know, you look on the list of the top pain professions, you see doctors are one of those, and there's some people who may be driven solely by that. What do you say to people who that might be their main reason for going into medicine?
0: Well, I mean, personally, I haven't made any money yet. Right. <laughs> it's cost <laughs> but, you money. It's cost me a lot of money. Um, and actually, that was kind of part of my struggle before I went to medical school. I, I saw how much it would cost to go to medical school and I thought um, business was where I wanted to go to make a lot of money. So part of my decision to come to medical school was actually kind of a rejection of the getting money for it. It kind of doesn't make sense because like you said, a lot of people want to go to medical school for that purpose. But I think ultimately the sacrifices you make in a medical education, medical going to medical school, and um, you know the sacrifice in the career itself Um, You know, there's really, one, I guess I can say this, one person told me you can, there's renewable resources and money is one of those. Your time is not renewable. So you can work for however much money you want, but if you're not doing something that you're passionate about and that you're getting rewarded with, then it's not for you. So I think at the end of the day, money wasn't what drew me to medicine. It was truly caring for the people. And I think you burn out really if you were spending your time doing something just for the money when your heart wasn't
1: really in it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that too, because again, there's a lot of long hours and and you get to a point where it really doesn't matter what, what kind of car you're driving or what kind of house you live in. You know, if you're doing spending 12 hours a day doing something that you absolutely don't enjoy and you don't enjoy helping people, it doesn't matter how much money you get paid. Exactly,
0: and I think the biggest, I mean, and I, I should say I haven't gotten paid monetarily in medical school, but just seeing patients even today as we were in clinic you know like seeing some of these patients hearing their stories um, it was just amazing like that's payment in itself for me to hear these patients say you know we just really appreciate their interaction you know you know hopefully I'll live long enough to have you as my family doctor one of the patients say oh and nice. I was just like right you know, I don't know I you know it's just yeah. really nice to have that human interaction yeah.
1: And and I think too, a lot of times too, yeah, the the feedback from the patients, to see actually patients get better, to see patients get off their medications, to see patients lose weight and and, uh, make lifestyle changes, and then to realize that they were inspired by your words, it's very rewarding. Absolutely. And and sometimes, depending, it's very rare when that happens as well. I remember early on in my career, I had this one patient in particular, and he had uh, high cholesterol and he had Uh, high blood pressure and I basically told him I said hey you need to start exercising and losing weight or else you're gonna be on blood pressure medicine and cholesterol medicine the guy says okay I'll take care of it so about a year and a half goes by and I don't see this guy right and he comes in and he says he needs medical clearance I'm like okay why what's going on he said I'm gonna be training I'm doing a triathlon an Ironman triathlon and I need to get clearance I'm an Ironman I'm like why? I mean and he was like fifty years old at yeah. the time. I'm like, Why are you doing that? And he's like, What do you mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Why are you doing Iron Man? I'm like you just started? He's like, Yeah. And I'm, and he says, Well doc, you told me a year and a half ago I needed to start exercising and losing weight. So I started and I started running. I started biking. I started swimming. And now I'm doing an Ironman triathlon. It's unbelievable. Right, which is, I think, it's 26 and a half mile run. It's 100 and I think 20 or 112 mile bike ride, and like a two or three mile swim. So again, every once in a while, your patients will surprise you, and you're going to actually make a recommendation. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, because we'll tell patients to lose weight and exercise all the time and the majority never do it. Don't do it. Yeah. You know, every once in a while someone will come back and, and they're an iron man or an iron woman. It's
0: amazing. It's like that patient we saw last week, the gentleman who he found out he had diabetes right. and then he left his other provider and he kind of quit his medications, which I mean, not recommending this to people exactly. <laughs> who are on their medication, but um, he went online and this is something to recommend. And he looked up a diet and he, he's like, this is uh, this is what they recommend and he he of his own volition stuck with it for two months and he said it was hard a hard process but he came in and he just looked like you know he had this glow about him
1: more energy lost weight vision had improved off his meds yeah and and again it was just something from you know our our recommendation as a provider hopefully and then just his own you know desire to improve his life and you know like they say some people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired absolutely stuff, so no, I, I agree, I think, uh, you know, so you have to go into medicine for the right reason, and um, and, uh, and if not, it's gonna be difficult, otherwise you won't be happy. Uh, now, you said your dad's an orthopedic surgeon, uh, your sister, what, what kind of doctor is she?
0: She is um, in her general surgery residency currently. Oh, okay.
1: Here. And then, uh, where did you go to college for your, uh, and, and what was your undergrad major?
0: So, I went to college back in uh, Tennessee, actually, to, uh, church Affiliate school, Southern Avenue University, okay. and I kind of—I don't know—I was—I wanted to break the mold a little bit. I initially thought I was going to do a business major. I took Principles of Accounting one, and I was like, well, maybe not. So
1: you actually started college thinking business.
0: Yeah, I kind of I, during the first year I wasn't quite sure, but then that's the major I was kind of settling on. But um, I wound up doing actually music major. I grew up in a house full of musicians. Took violin lessons for years, and so I wound up doing a. Yeah, a violin um, or music major, with, I did a yeah. violin recital, wow. the orchestra with trumpet, and I just had a great time, toured with the orchestra, I symphony. So,
1: so how many instruments do you play?
0: I play two. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and, and now I'd with like medical school, obviously you don't have a lot of time, are you still uh, finding time to play?
0: So still on occasion, right. um, actually, interesting you ask that question, during the first year, um, med school my sister was a senior she was at the same medical school and we they wanted to do a thank you concert to some of the faculty so we put together a chamber music group and um, found a room at the University of Redlands like a place where you could perform and and had a neat little turnout and and it was just a nice break from med school to kind of Practice for like an hour a week together with a group of people and just right. immerse ourselves in the music versus the medical school. Yeah. And, and there's
1: definitely a lot of talent there in the medical school. So a but lot of well, people have so uh, uh, various talents. With. Yeah. That I remember in med school too, they would do a talent show every once in a while. And, yes. And it was just amazing the amount of talent that was there. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, so? What was your major then? Final major
0: in college was music. With was music? My, yeah. Said, with okay. the pre-med, um, all the requirements. Okay. So,
1: I took it, you know, so that was your minor then, or a pre-med? It was like Um, a minor or you just
0: took the classes necessary for the
1: MCAT? For the MCAT for admissions too. So for for those who are maybe pre-med listening to this to take the MCAT you need a year of inorganic chemistry, Mm -hmm. a year of chemistry, Mm -hmm. a year of biology?
0: You need a year biology, physics, um, physics, and now I believe you need um, biochemistry uh, for the MCAT and you also need psych or psychiatry, or psychology, I think there's an element of that in
1: so, so you kind of break the, uh, the stereotype of, of pre-med students that you have to be a, a science major, you have to be a biology major, that's not necessarily the case?
0: It is not necessarily the case, yeah. And actually, surprisingly, I found that medical schools do like to see something a little different on the application. A lot of people go in and they just, they'll do a science major, and that's, you know, the vast majority, and so when they see something different, it's kind of like, it, it might set you apart a little bit.
1: Okay, so that, so that's good. So, so it's obviously important to, to do something that you enjoy. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> while, you're, while you're getting your, while you're getting your education. education. So so now you're a fourth year, mm-hmm. um, you're the first and second year of medical school, you're mostly just studying in the books, not having too much patient experience. Yes. Then your third year, you start doing rotations, you start actually touching and working with real patients on a regular basis, mm-hmm. right? You uh, As a third year, you did which rotations?
0: So I went through, started off on psychiatry, then I did a surgery rotation with a couple of specialty weeks in there with ENT and anesthesia and ophthalmology I at, and all that. Then pediatrics, and then did a obstetrics rotation. Um, and then, I did an elective on family medicine. Actually, okay, that was the <laughs> one you did where, with us. That. Yeah, that's where I was here, and then um, did a family medicine rotation, um, internal medicine, and neurology. So those were my third year rotations.
1: Gotcha. And, and then this year, uh, tell us about the uh, your, your schedule. Uh, what kind of hours are you putting in? And and then again, free time. What? How much free time do you have? And what do you do in your Absolutely. free time? Absolutely.
0: So the fourth year of medical school, at least the way uh, Mama Linda, where I'm at, has it scheduled, um, they typically have like, between, I think it's about 10 weeks of vacation time throughout the year. And there's 20 weeks of electives that we get to choose between. Um, and, in the, and then there's some required rotation. So right now I'm on one of the required blocks, the family medicine sub-internship. Um, so you know four or five days a week, um, all day in clinic, This morning I went to the hospital to see some patients. Really enjoyed that aspect, seeing the the whole picture of family medicine. Right,
1: the whole gamut of it. Yeah, the whole
0: gamut. Um, And then, you know, doing some injections in clinic today.
1: Exactly, yeah. We did a a shoulder injection today and uh, a lot of cryotherapy, freezing uh, skin lesions.
0: Yes, it was a really good day. So, in terms of, yeah, time, that's kind of where it's at. In terms of electives, I've looked at, just yesterday I was trying to nail down uh, an elective sister in her third year residency she's going to be over there at one of the uh, avenus health international hospitals right malamula hospital and so i thought it'd be really neat to do an elective there as um, doing a mission right
1: is that a four would that be a four week four week
0: thing so trying to get that set up another elective i'm interested in that we had been talking about before was functional medicine
1: right and and loma linda is kind of unique in that sense i don't think you know, a couple of years ago, the Cleveland Clinic actually just opened up a, a functional medicine clinic within the Cleveland oh, Clinic. Wow. Uh, as I understand, they're probably about a year out when it comes to appointments That's through amazing. the, uh, yeah, through the uh, International Academy of Functional Medicine. And uh, so, so tell me about Loma Linda and their functional medicine and rotation.
0: Yeah, so like you said, I haven't heard of any other schools that have this, but Loma Linda, um sister I, as I was coming through I had a few friends that had taken the elective and they thought it was very interesting because and what they said is it brought back a lot of biochemistry from like the first year stuff and then really applied it to the disease processes in terms of seeking to get to the root of that so um, yeah they actually advertised the um, the elective to our whole school so all the students are aware of it um, I'm really excited about it. It's two weeks of classroom experience. Um, I've heard it's kind of intense. A lot of information. So I'll just try and absorb what I can and continue to learn as I go. Um, And then they have the option to schedule elective time in a functional medicine clinic as well, which I feel like I'm getting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about you know iodine deficiency and you know magnesium and. Getting,
1: getting to the root cause of problems. Yeah. So, so for those who don't know, functional medicine is kind of a different approach to routine medical problems. In our current healthcare system, we make a diagnosis based on one symptoms a lot of times, and then we prescribe a pill or a pharmaceutical to help minimize those symptoms. Yeah. In reality, never getting to the root cause of the problem. Uh, We simply just give medicine to hopefully control the symptoms. Yes. And obviously that's a bad approach in the long term. Obviously, you know, the type of, you know, allopathic medicine uh, and even osteopathic medicine has kind of become more like allopathic medicine now. But really we're just diagnosing uh, conditions, we're giving medications, we're, you know, 15-minute appointments and here's a drug and come back and see me in three months or so on. Even then, we rarely have much time to discuss diet, the different types of diet, nutrition. And and to be honest, most physicians and even medical students don't even know much about diet and nutrition. No. And and when you realize that, probably 80 to 90% of diseases out there are due to inactivity and a poor diet. It's kind of sad. It really is. We should be nutrition experts.
0: Medical education, I think that's an area where there's a lot of room for growth,
1: really. So, so with functional medicine, the aim is to, to kind of go back, create a timeline, go back and figure out when a specific condition started and try to figure out what were the uh, causes, maybe the genetic uh, risk, maybe the uh, lifestyle risk, the family dynamics, uh, infections, and other things that may have occurred when a, a person's illness began and then trying to uh, literally get to the root cause of it and then go back and try to fix that root cause whether it's dietary changes, nutritional deficiencies, lifestyle changes, stress, stress reduction, uh, helping people realize how maybe relationships that they may have with either siblings, parents, spouses, children can negatively impact uh, yes. their overall health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where uh, primary care, functional medicine, you know, by, almost by definition we have to take a holistic approach. Yes. Right? Because we're not just uh, a heart, we're not just a kidney, we're not just, uh, you know, an individual organ. Absolutely. We're, we're very holistic beings.
0: I remember coming into clinic um, last year, into your clinic, you know, and just uh, you started to talk to me about just a few of these type of the topics. I don't know if you've addressed them yet in the podcast. Maybe we could just do right. a little teaser like the, um, for a kind of a thyroid workup, including the iodine Right. in there. You know, there's iodine deficiency that goes... Undiagnosed,
1: right? At least ten. You know, so so we know that iodine deficiency is the number one cause worldwide of thyroid nodules and an underactive thyroid, according to government studies, right? Studies in the United States, published in U.S. journals such as Thyroid, at least ten to even up to twenty percent of the U.S. population is deficient in iodine. Yet nobody, including specialists, thyroid specialists, no one checks iodine. Crazy. and and so again we have to go back to the basics kind of like you said part of the functional medicine you're going back to biochemistry and you're going back to the things that we learned early on that we completely forgot about and and we Perfect. ignore it
0: and just for example just a few weeks ago a patient of yours mm-hmm. you ran the iodine there's experiencing some fatigue you were saying right and,
1: yeah um, yeah moderate I think it was a moderate deficiency yeah, moderate deficiency and, and again, instead of, you know, sitting there and prescribing them, uh, you know, amphetamines or drugs to try to give them more energy and so on, we try to get to the root cause as to why they're fatigued and and, uh, and, and then try to deal with that. And, you know, and many times we do have to prescribe prescription drugs, but it's only after we, we get to the root cause of it. A lot of times I'll tell uh, patients and even students alike, it's kind of like if you go to an auto mechanic and... Uh, and the auto mechanic automatically starts to rebuild the engine, but yet you never check to make sure there was gas, oil, and water in the engine. Yeah. Right? It's too simple. It can't be a water deficiency, a you know a gas deficiency, or oil deficiency. We yeah. must rebuild the engine. There must be something wrong. We need to see all the specialists to try to get this car working. Yeah.
0: Do a big surgery, take out the thyroid, right? Or whatever it is, right?
1: Yeah. But in, and that's what we do. And, and you know, and many times those are necessary, yes, but we forget. The basics. Yes. And uh, and it's important that we that we don't forget the basics. Absolutely. So 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 I'm excited to see a lot of you medical students coming through here, and, and I think even just uh, you know throughout the U.S., a lot more medical students seem to be open to a more holistic approach. Whether that you know just includes diet, exercise, um, you know meditation, prayer, mm-hmm. uh, yoga, tai chi, acupuncture, just other modalities to help. A person resolve their issues. Yes, indeed. Instead of just simply let me try drugs and more drugs and that drug doesn't work, here's a, a third drug. Yeah. And so on and that's definitely you know so so I think definitely the tide is changing. Absolutely. it's yeah, so.
0: like, super exciting, very exciting. You know, and even among older physicians, um, I don't want to call them old, but two of my uncles have. Um, well, one one of my um, dad's brothers he started with this and with functional medicine, completed it, and then he kind of inspired his brother, my dad's oldest brother, too. And they're both family medicine physicians, and I was just visiting with them as I was studying for Step 2 um, out in Florida, and it was just uh, really neat. He was able to tell me some experiences. You know, there's a lot of patients where you just change their basic lifestyle, their diet, their exercise, and that gets them on the right track, you know? Right. But some of these patients, you know, it's like you gotta dig a little deeper to get to the true root of, of what's going on. And, and that was really exciting to hear some of those stories. So,
1: so it's kind of like taking over, I think, a, a functional medicine approach is really just taking over and um, and to kind of bring it full circle, you know, physician burnout, you know, again, if people are going into medicine for the money, that's the wrong reason to go into it. But, but I found... Uh, you know, it's, it's real easy to burn out in a regular eight-to-five, 15-minute appointments. You're giving patients drugs left refills. and right, and refills, and narcotics, and and in the end, you really don't feel like patients are getting better. You're just kind of drugging them, care. yeah. And, and and they're just barely, you know, trying to get through, you know, day to day through pharmaceuticals. And and I think that's where a lot of physicians burn out because in reality, we got into this profession, most of us, to to heal people, to help cure people, to truly make a difference, mm-hmm. not just to to medicate people. Absolutely. And when you start actually making that difference and and people are, you know, the joint pain is better, their fibromyalgia is better, their IBS is better, their migraines have gone away, their brain fog has gone away. It's very rewarding. Oh, yeah. And and for me, that's helped, I think, in many cases prevent the type of burnout that I see a lot of my colleagues undergoing. Absolutely. So so I think that this approach to medicine is ultimately going to be the the solution. Stuff, so 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 obviously you're going to be applying to residency uh, pretty soon, and and then uh, either family medicine, internal medicine is a three-year residency. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you, is that what you're interested in? Primary care? Or are you interested in, in specialties?
0: Yeah. So as I came through medical school, I had varying interests. I wasn't really sure when I came um, what specialty I would be doing, and I enjoyed the OR a lot because I, you know, growing up I did a lot of things. in my for one, you know, running some backhoes, you know, skid steers, doing, you know, random work like that, Um, and just really enjoy that, playing, you know, some tennis, golf, you know, snow skiing, just like all those activity-oriented type things, so that was exciting, but then I realized I really enjoy talking to patients, and um, the outpatient setting where it wasn't quite as um, maybe structured, um, that really appealed to me then I also I couldn't figure out exact like like I couldn't nail myself and pigeonhole myself in one small box I'm like I really want to be able to address like this yeah you know, like psychiatry but I want to be able to address like their diabetes too because that's kind of related to sometimes their mental problems and then you know like their their surgical problem well maybe I can you know operate on them but then can I help them with what got them to that point you know like you know, right. they have too much fat in their diet, and they need their gallbladder out. You know, to right. help them there, you know, or something. So, ultimately, it came down to I really want to be able to take care of the whole person. And so, and I really like, from what I've heard, internal medicine is moving more towards the inpatient kind of training in residencies. So that's what really attracted me to family medicine was um, that it has both of those, the, both the inpatient, but primarily focused on the outpatient setting patients. There,
1: so. Right. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned you like, you like talking to patients so that, so family medicine, you're perfect. Otherwise. Uh, if you talk
0: to them too long, sometimes you
1: could say <laughs> Exactly. Sometimes it's hard to get out of the room and stuff, but uh, but I always learn a lot when I'm, you know, my patients have taught me so much over the years. The, uh, the joke, I think in, in med school too, and even residency, those people who do not enjoy talking to patients usually go into anesthesiology where uh-huh. the patient's asleep for 95% of the interaction. Uh, radiology yeah. and probably pathology, yeah. pathology. those so, are the uh, more introverts introvert best. whereas yeah. the, the, the doctors who are extroverts go into uh, right. primary care and there's definitely going to be a big shortage of primary care uh, you know going forward and stuff so I think we definitely need more and more Absolutely. people going to primary care more doctors who are going to actually get to the root of the problem and fix the problem as opposed to just referring patients out for every little problem and where uh, you know many times uh, they're just given more pharmaceutical drugs
0: and as we've talked together um, in terms of the types there's a wide variety of family medicine residencies and as i've been looking at them and um, talking to different uh, mentors and people along the way um, looking at the unopposed residencies and for those of you who don't know what that means it's kind of the residencies where um, the family medicine residency is the only they're the only residents at the hospital so they're running the emergency room, they're running the ICU service, they're, you know, taking care of the surgery patients and, you know, do, kind of getting all of the experience and then the complex patients, they still get to deal with those because they didn't, you know, they're not being taken care of by another service. Right. So that's, uh, that's something I'm looking into and I, I'd like to wind up at a place like that to get a broad training and. You are headed to the Philippines soon is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm headed to the Philippines actually this Saturday, so maybe I'll do a couple of podcasts from the Philippines. So Absolutely. I'm going on a uh, medical mission trip. We'll be gone for 2 weeks. My first time to the Philippines on a on a mission trip. I've gone to Haiti over the last decade almost yearly and uh, really looking forward to it and you know going out there and being able to you know take care of patients' uh, medical needs and yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy I'm going to enjoy some good food and uh, and we're going to spend a couple of days also in a, one of the beach resorts and, yeah, you know, a little bit of scuba diving. Nice. So, so you have to kind of balance that out, right? Yeah, all, all the hard work. Yes, yeah, so you
0: need the time away as well for the mental
1: and mental right. well-being. Yeah, right. absolutely. So,
0: I, and I was wondering if, like, for my training, I'm thinking about I'd like to do mission trips like this in the future, like you're going to do, or things like that. And I wonder, you know, do you feel like the not to flip this around a yeah, no, question like do you feel like that kind of training helped you to be more useful in the mission field like the broad training that you received
1: absolutely yeah because we're in family medicine right i i feel comfortable doing you know excision of skin lesions lipomas sebaceous cysts uh i even learned to kind of pull some teeth in oh, wow. in, in uh, when i was in uh, on a mission trip to haiti now I, of course we didn't do that in residency or anything but but we had dentists who came with us, and they wow. taught me how to pull some teeth, so that that was fun. And uh, but yeah, definitely being able to see. Is it like pulling teeth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent, good joke, good joke. You know, so the um, yeah, so we uh, you know, but we bring different specialists with us. But yeah, it's, it's really good because we're able to see kids, we're able to uh, evaluate pregnant women. We're able to uh, do, you know, surgical procedures. We're able to, you know, take care of fractures wow. and so on. So being in, in primary care has definitely allowed us to do a lot of things: joint injections, yeah, uh, everything, wow, and stuff. So, so it's definitely been uh, in primary care has definitely been uh, very helpful for that. So now, pretty soon, so you're applying to residencies right now in in March, I believe it is, is what they call Match Day.
0: Yes, that's right. I think I looked it up. as like March. 11 this next year. I was
1: just looking at the calendar yesterday. Okay, and then that's when you're going to find out where you'll spend the next three years of your life. Yes. Working anywhere from uh, 60 to 80 hours per week. Yeah. Uh, for what ultimately becomes uh, a, a, about minimum wage when you do the actual math Then uh-huh. you know all the hours that you're putting in, you're maybe. Making the equivalent of minimum wage without any overtime—amazing. Mm, <laughs> but um, and, and I don't know how they allow that to happen, but it, they do. And but obviously there's a lot of education, a lot of training, and uh, maybe we can uh, reach out to you again. Maybe do another interview after match day. and You can I'd love to do that. give us an update as uh, how your fourth year went and where you're headed.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'd, be, I'd love
1: to do it. All right, sounds good. All right, well, hey, we want to thank everybody uh, for listening today and. Um, and check the description for more uh, information. And uh, and uh, William Guthrie will be uh, again graduating from Loma Linda University Medical School uh, in about ten months. Yeah. So he'll be Dr. Guthrie. End of May. End of May, and uh, it's something that he's been working for for at least eight years or nine years. It sounds like. And it's, I remember when I graduated from med school, I felt like I won a uh, won a gold medal. I'm up there on this stage. You've been working hard for eight to ten years to get there, and you're literally on that stage. And they, they give you not a medal, but they give you a—I uh, forgot what it's called—but uh, they put it around your neck. Yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, some kind of uh, academic, academic uh, medal of sorts to uh, to reward you. So uh, you know, so congratulations on your uh, soon-to-be graduation, and I know you worked hard to get this far. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you for
1: having me on. Absolutely.